previously in the Bible. The sons of Israel rose out of Egypt in battle array. Moshe summoned the elders of the nation and put the words Jehovah had commanded before them. I am Jehovah. Don't have any gods other than me. Jehovah will not forgive those who invoke his name for silly things. No. Elohim spoke every one of these words. For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible was meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! Yeah! Welcome to episode 28 of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible with me, David Tuckman, coming to you in front of a live audience at Beauty Bar in New York City! We're finally back! It has been so long since I've done this show in front of this crowd. It feels like it's been a year. It's been like three... The last time we recorded on this stage was in November, so it's been a while. I was in uh, England at the end of December doing some shows at Lee Mood, and it took me two months to get back, apparently. Um, no, last month the show was cancelled because of snow, and it was terrible, and it made me sad. And this month, it's freezing cold. Hopefully, next month, everyone's going to go wild on Purim and St. Patrick's Day and drink this winter away, and it will be gone, and it will be warm. I'm really excited. In just a couple of days, uh, I'm going to Philadelphia to do the show in front of a brand new audience who's never seen it before. So hopefully you guys will send me a ton of love and I'll feel the love and and we'll bring it to Philadelphia and they can feel it too um, because uh, I want them to enjoy it as much as you guys do. Anyway, what is this show? Each month on the show, a guest joins me and tries to read as many chapters as possible of my own personal translation of the Old Testament from the original Hebrew while I make fun of it. And tonight we are reading the sixth portion of Exodus, known in Hebrew as Mishpatim and in English as You'll see. Today is Monday, February 23rd, 2015. Again, sorry for the break, but we are back. We are finally, we took a month off of the show. We had to cancel, but we're back. We're doing this. This is all going to come out weekly until Exodus is over, I hope. I sent out a whole bunch of t-shirts, so if you're a listener who contributed to the Indiegogo campaign, you may have gotten your shirts. There are some other rewards that I have to fulfill. Those are going to come soon. The next live show is March 23rd at Beauty Bar right here with who knows. We'll see. Again... (laughs) As always, I want to thank Juicy.com for being our internet partner. Uh, I want to thank Present Tense, though um, I think it's 2015. Maybe I don't have to thank them anymore because it's been a year since I started the fellowship. So thank you, Present Tense, anyway, but we're going to stop saying that. Are you guys ready to meet your guest? Yeah! Um... I'm a bit rusty, so I actually uh, did not ask this guest how he wanted me to introduce him, so I'm going to make this up. Um... He actually showed up at our Hanukkah of Horrors event and told an awesome story, and he was carrying a lightsaber, and he's uh, apparently uh, has something to do with religions in fictional universes. So I wanted to have him on the show. Give it up for the one, the only, Shaw James. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Shaw? Not too bad, man. Not too bad at all. Are you freezing? Did you bike here? I did. Oh, God. How is it? Um, It is ball-shrinking weather. Yeah, it is... Awful. I see you're wearing gloves. A, and a glove. Yes, a glove. Do you wear gloves when you bike? In yeah, your of course. Okay, you have to, man. This is like the kind of weather where I bike, but when, I, when my fingers start to freeze, that's kind of when I'm like, I'm going to wait until it gets warm again, because I am a weakling. It feels like your finger fucking Elsa when you're out there. In <laughs> it's frozen, people. Brutal. It's frozen. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I mean, what... What do you identify religiously? Are you Jewish? I am, okay. yes. Um, but I think I, I lean more towards the Jedi. Okay. As far as faith is concerned. 
Just because I feel the force. Like your you father know? before I you. I feel it. You know? Yes. <laughs> um, the force and is I in you. And I feel like God, it's, there's just been too much bad press. You know, He needs <laughs> to change his image and maybe just be like the God formerly known as God. <laughs> the guy like the that, force, the God you know? formerly known as Jehovah or yeah, whatever you know, it becomes. Just like, yeah, just change it up, you know, just get rid of the bad. I like the idea of us taking Prince's symbol and just using that whenever we're talking about God. <laughs> That's a slippery slope because I'm sure Prince has his own following and he yes, would he not does. appreciate God just coming in and taking <laughs> that from him. Or me, I mean, I hear he's very Christian, so maybe he would. I don't know. I don't know. What, what brought you to the Jedi faith, though? Have you seen the movies? Yes. <laughs> for me, like I guess as that a, answers it. As a kid with no dad, really? Yeah. I like that was it for me. I was like, this this is what I need to be doing with my life. That's awesome. How do you, I mean, in terms of Judaism, I mean, we, you're wearing a yarmulke right now to describe you for your audience. You've got a yarmulke on your head and a lightsaber on your belt. Yeah. How do you identify as Jewish if you had to label yourself? If I had and to I label don't want myself as a Jew. I would do so by just looking at my life. I was born in a Jewish town, the okay. town of Roslyn, New York. Very, very Jewish. All my friends were Jewish. Like, everything around me was Jewish, so I just felt like it was a, a matter of time before <laughs> they were like, well, hey, man, do you want to join? Do you okay. want to be, be in the band? So, like, as a, a new Jew, because I wasn't, I wasn't born Jewish, okay. I wasn't raised But you Jewish. had the midi-chlorians in you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is my bar mitzvah. This is my beauty bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. More bar mitzvahs have to happen in bars. So, tell me about your relationship to the Bible a little bit. First of all, this show is all about making God badass again, because I feel like he's lost that. He's yeah. kind of just like the old crazy man in the sky. Yeah, like and the there's last... Some, Famous person he smited was Stephen Hawking, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then Eddie Randman got an Oscar <laughs> because, for it. So yeah, I guess so it's it worked good out. Business to... No, I think it was. Um, oh God, <laughs> forget it. Freddie Mercury. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway, <laughs> he's really lost a lot of his rep, and I feel like it's my job to bring him back. Yeah. I am the prophet of the new gods, which is like a Jack Kirby comic, I think. Anyway, tell me about your relationship with the Bible a little bit. I, I've read the Bible, and you read it, and you don't really know what it's saying. It's like no. Shakespeare a little bit. A little bit. But, like... Not as well-written. Yeah, not as easy to follow, yeah. for sure. No, it's a disaster, as we'll see soon. So I feel like a lot of people are going around saying that this book, it has all the answers, and I feel like this is letting the world know what the answers are in words they can understand. Exactly. And then we'll and see how many people... <laughs> We'll see how Look many answers. answers yeah. We'll see how many answers actually are in this thing, and how many digressions and things that maybe we don't care about. Um, but what I mean, do you? You've read the whole thing, and there are some really cool stories in it. In addition to some endless lists of rules that we're going to get into. Um, but what is like your favorite story or a character that that really speaks to you? I really like David. D I do too. David was just <laughs> he was just a badass, you know. He killed that giant, and he, people were like, oh shit, man, <laughs> let's make him king. And then yeah. he was king. And that wasn't enough for him. He's like, man, I'm not getting enough pussy as king, but <laughs> this lady in this bath, Bathsheba, conveniently named, exactly. I want that. <laughs> Kills he, her husband. He's like Michael Corleone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's very manipulative. I think Machiavelli based all that shit on him because he sets up the whole situation to win some pussy. Um, so your favorite... 
But he's also very uh, Luke Skywalker-esque. Yeah. He's like the kid from nowhere who, who, who just <laughs> who makes like, it. Yeah. blows up the Death Star and then he's the king. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. He is. What is your... What, do you believe in God? I believe in the Force. Okay. And I think God should be known as what I associate with God, the Force, that higher power that makes life worth living. Love. Yeah. And, yeah, so I believe in love. I like that. I feel like the word... I believe in love. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I feel like the word God has just so much attached to it. Yeah. And it just drags it down. And it means something a little bit above what we think it does. And I don't know if it's Jehovah or whomever. But I believe in love, too. Okay. Some real shit. (laughs) I feel like I'm in a sitcom in the (laughs) 90s. Um, I got one more question to you. What do you, I mean, when you, when we're about to read this book, what do you feel like, or to, what do you believe this book is? Where did it come from? Because so many people have so many answers, but what the hell is this? I think, like, maybe, maybe like a really long time ago, God was like, hey, I got this idea. Yeah. And he just gave it to the wrong dude who's like, all right, so, I, yeah, yeah, I got it. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 it's great. It's great shit, man. We're going to sell he like, like a million copies. And he like, he, like, took a break and then came back and started yeah. filling in the margins, and it's just a... I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's like a, a, a millennia-long game of broken telephone. Yeah, it's the Bible. so fucked. Speaking of which, are you guys ready to read the Bible? Yeah. Let's get into the Bible. This is Torah. A Loose Translation, Book 2, Names, Part 6, Mishpatim, a.k.a. Decrees, Chapter 49, in which we learn how to treat our slaves, Exodus 21.1 to 21.11. Put these laws in... This is my God voice, brother. (laughs) Put these laws in front of them. So God is Michael Jackson. Nah, he's he's, he's like tougher than Michael. He's like... Like Mike Tyson. He's like, if Michael had a brother named Kamon, <laughs> this is him. Okay. I like it. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he can work for six years. Set him free in the seventh year without payment. Awesome. So Jewish law is starting off strong by normalizing slavery. If he comes alone, that's how he leaves. If, his ma- if, he's, a ma- if he's the master of a woman, when you get him, he leaves with her. If his master gave him a woman and she had kids, the master keeps the lady and her kids. The slave leaves with his body, and that's it. Not even clothes, seriously. Also, women are once again property. Yay! Some, some things yeah, will never boy. change. I By, hope that it does. But. Yes. By the way, just some context, because we just launched right into this. Everything you're about to hear uh, in this section is just God speaking to Moses, uh, possibly on the mountain, or a.k.a. Moshe. So, just so you know what the hell is going on. If the slave say, says, I've loved my master my woman, and my children. I won't go free. Then the master will bring him to Elohim. So Elohim uh, can mean the God dude who gave the laws. It can also mean judges, which I'm sure didn't lead to a whole lot of confusing translations over the years. And to the door or doorpost, using an owl, the master will bore a hole in his slave's ear. He will own the slave forever. That's fucked up. The only way this slave can keep his woman and children is by remaining a slave for the rest of his life and getting a really cool uh, ear piercing. When a man sells his daughter as a lady slave, she doesn't go free like other slaves. Oh, boy. If her owner doesn't take take a shine to her and take her for himself, she's freed. 
He can't sell her to a strange nation when he betrays her. So her, him not taking her as his woman uh, is considered a betrayal. By the way, the uh, wonderful sages say that this woman was sold as a minor and then uh, once she becomes of age and able to have children is when uh, she can be taken as a woman or set free. If he sets her aside for his son, he must care for her according to the law of daughters. You know, the law of daughters, which we... Uh, find here. Also known as eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. Sorry, John Ritter. If he takes a different woman for his son, he cannot decrease her food, her clothing, or her time. Her time. So according to the Talmud, her time, these three things are the three things that a man owes his wife or his woman. Uh, food, clothing, or time. Time is a euphemism for fucking. So a man must have sex with his wife. Also, if time is a euphemism for sex, that really changes what you think of the phrase time machines. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't do these three things, she goes free without any money. Traditional marriage, everyone. That is chapter 49. Chapter 50, in which we learn in no particular order some things that require the death penalty. Exodus 21.12 to 21.17. If someone hits a guy and the guy dies, the first guy dies for sure. But if he didn't plan the murder and the Elohim forced his hand... It was an accident. I will give him a place he can run away to. So, it's very important to God that people have places to run away to. This is only if there are witnesses. Every Jewish law requires two witnesses. Why the rabbis say so? If not, it doesn't matter. Rashi, the French commentator, tells a very strange story about what happens if there are no witnesses to an unintentional murder. God summons the accidental murderer to an inn. It has to be an inn. Saying that the same inn is an intentional murderer who also has no witnesses, so he had not been executed. If it's a Motel 6, if it's a hotel, it doesn't work. It has Holiday to be an inn. inn. Holiday Inn. <laughs> it has to be a Holiday Inn. <laughs> Bed and breakfast? Maybe. At some point, the accidental man climbs a ladder and falls off onto the bad murder man, killing him like he deserves. And since there are witnesses at the time, it's an inn after all, the accidental murderer has to flee to a place of refuge and all is right in the world because free will exists. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. If someone schemed to kill his neighbor with nudity... So the word for nudity is the same as the word for trickery. I picked the best one. <laughs> you will take him from my altar to die. Why does it say take him from my altar, the rabbis ask. This is to suggest that even if the man is a high priest about to perform the service, he still must be taken away literally from the altar, which means the Torah has some very specific instructions about when it's appropriate to arrest someone. If a man hits his father and mother, he dies right away. If he steals a man and sells him and he's found in his possession... Not a woman, just a man. He dies right away. You know, like how Yosef's brother were executed immediately for kidnapping and whoops. One who curses his mother and father dies right away. I guess that means we have to execute every teenager ever. That's chapter 50! This is chapter 51, in which we learn the rules of Fight Club. Exodus 21.18 to 21.19. Let's say two men are fighting, and one hits his neighbor with a rock or a fist, some shit. Those are the only two things. And he doesn't die but falls into bed. I know this probably means he was knocked out, but I like to think that all fights back then were pillow fights. If he gets up and goes outside on his own power, the one who hit him will only pay for the time he was sitting. And he'll heal right up. Which I guess means doctor's fees and miss work. I kind of like that rule. That's chapter 51. Chapter 52, in which we learn more about what you can do to your slaves. Exodus 21.20 to 21.21. When a man hits his slave. When a man hits his slaves. 
or his lady slaves. Or his lady slaves. With a rod and they die by his hand, he must be avenged. But if the slaves survive for a day or two, he won't be avenged because it's his property. That's a fucked up rule. <laughs> Chapter 53, in which we learn what happens if you accidentally cause a miscarriage and then some other stuff. Exodus 21:22 to 21:25. Let's say two men are fighting and they hit a pregnant woman, knocking her fetus out. But no one dies. At least not the woman. This kind of implies that a fetus is not a person, according to the Torah. When the woman's master makes a claim against them... Because, of course, uh, she wouldn't do it herself. They will be penalized and give what the court decides. If there's a death, they must give a life under a life. So, this sentence could be a continuation of what just happened, or it could be a completely new section. Or everything that follows is part of the previous case. So let's see what this is. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand... These laws are very disorganized. It kind of feels like God's freestyling right now, which be kind of like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Listen to Jehovah. His word is the truth. A leg. <laughs> and that wasn't freestyle. <laughs> it was a good start, though, man. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I don't know where it goes from there, and it's like A, B, A, B. A leg for a leg, a burn for a burn, a laceration for a laceration. A bruise for a bruise. Eternal biblical morality, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> a man who hits his slave, or lady slave, in the eye must free them in exchange for the eye. If, his slave, if it's his slave, or lady slave's tooth, he'll free them for the tooth. Any other body part? Eh. That's chapter 53. Chapter 54, in which there are a lot of rules about oxes. Exodus 21, 28 to 21, 36. If an ox gores a man or a woman and they die, it'll definitely be stoned and no one will eat its meat. Evil meat! This kind of implies that you can eat uh, an ox that has been stoned to death and not necessarily just one that has been ritually slaughtered. Interesting. Just saying. I don't know how the rabbis deal with that. I haven't had ox in a long time. No, I'm kind of hankering some ox right now. <laughs> yeah. You can get some at Bear cool. Burger, I think. <laughs> but if the ox... Gored yesterday and the day before, and its owner was warned, but did nothing to stop it, and it still killed a man or a woman, the ox is stoned, and the owner will die too. By the way, uh, owner is the same word for husband. Um, also, if the ox gored in the past, and it was known enough that the owner was warned, shouldn't it be dead by now, according to the law we just read? Okay. He could also save his soul by paying a ransom. If a boy or a girl is gored, just follow the rules about that. You know, those rules. <laughs> if the ox gores a slave or a lady slave, the owner gets 30 shekels. I don't know if this is fair or not because I have no idea how much a shekel is worth. The ox gets stoned. Of course it's stoned. Why else is it causing trouble? <laughs> if a man opens or digs a pit and doesn't cover it, and a donkey or an ox falls into the pit, the pit's owner will pay for the animal's owner. Other animals? Who cares? But the body will be his. Ah, uh, yeah, I, this kill came from the time I left a pit open. <laughs> if one man's ox charges his neighbor's oh ox God. and it dies, they must sell the living ox and split the cash. <sighs> they also could split the dead ox. Again, not ritually slaughtered. If people knew the ox was into Gorin 
and the owner didn't stop it, he's got to give an ox his reimbursement. But the dead one is his. At this point, everyone's looking at each other going, we left Egypt for this? <laughs> Chapter 55, in which there are a bunch of laws about theft. Ooh, Exodus 21:37 to 22:3. If a man steals an ox or sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he must pay five cattle for the ox or four sheep for the sheep. Fascinating. If a thief is discovered during a break-in, is hit and dies, he does not have blood. Don't cry for him, he's already dead. If the sun was shining on him, he has blood and oh, he'll definitely pay. Okay. If he doesn't have anything, he'll be sold for his theft. As a slave, of course. If anyone's yeah. looking to get into slavery, that's, yeah, that's, that's your way in. You know? <laughs> that's how it works. So apparently, some think this means that all the slaves that we've been talking about are actually just thieves who got caught and then couldn't pay it back, and that's why they're slaves and they deserve to be slaves, and slavery in the Bible is A-OK, -okay because they were all thieves. No, it's not. If he's caught holding the theft from an ox to a donkey to a sheep... Those are all the animals. He pays back two live animals of whatever he took. Moral of the story, don't get caught. Chapter 56, in which we're down with OPP, other people's property. Exodus 22.4 to 22.14. If a man takes his cattle to feed in the field or vineyard, and they devour someone else's field, he must pay back the value of the field or vineyard. Reasonable rule. If a fire breaks out and spreads through thorns, stacks sheaves, other harvesting, or field, the one who devoured will pay the devouree. This is interesting because it actually makes it seem as though you better vaccinate your kids because this is a fire breaks out and spreads through thorns. So like something's breaking out and spreading to other people who aren't protected. So you got to make sure that no fire breaks out in your area and can spread and damage somebody else. Maybe that also means if we want to play this game that you cannot allow something to break out and then spread to other people who are not protected from you. So, Bible says so. <laughs> Not really. We're only going to take the rules we like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how religion works. <laughs> Throw everything else out and keep what you like. When a man gives his neighbor money or tools to guard and they're stolen from the man's house, he pays back double. If the thief isn't caught, the owner of the house will bring his words to the judges that he didn't lay a finger on his friend's stuff. The two of them will give the judges their word on every so object specific. of transgression. On the ox, on the donkey, on the... Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> on a shirt, on anything lost, whatever it is. Whoever the judges decide on must pay to, to his neighbor. Okay. When a man gives his neighbor a donkey, an ox, or a... Sheep. To watch. And it dies, <laughs> breaks, or is taken away, and no one saw what happened. They both will swear to Jehovah that they didn't touch their neighbor's property. The owner will take it back. No one will pay. But if it was definitely stolen, he's got to reimburse the owner. If it was torn apart, he must bring evidence of the disemboweling. Ew. Also, very easy to fake. I mean, I can get you a disemboweled animal. There are ways, dude. I can get you a disemboweled animal by 3 o'clock this afternoon. Then he doesn't pay. It seems like the Torah is cool with people not being very good at their jobs. And also, this is a serious tangent away from the cool volcano stuff when he gave the Ten Commandments. 
Let's say a man borrows something from oh. his neighbor and breaks it or dies. If the owner wasn't with it, he must pay. If the owner was with it, he doesn't pay. But if it was rented, he still gotta pay. <laughs> the rental fee. And he can't give it back with an empty tank of gas. They really get you on that. That's chapter 56. Chapter 57, in which the rules mentioned become increasingly disconnected. Exodus 22.15 to 22.19. If a man seduces... So the root word for seduces is petach, which means open, uh, very forceful, and active. Here the commentator, commentator says that this is more of a seduction, which is why that's how I translate it, that he spoke to the girl's heart. Still very creepy. A virgin he hasn't paid for and bonerates her? He must... He must get the case he needs to make her his woman. Oh, sorry, cash. To he make needs. his woman... Wait, say that again? He must get the cash he, he needs. He must get the cash he needs to make her his woman ready. If her father really doesn't want to give her... To this creepy dude, I wonder why. He still has got to get the virgin price ready. Why? Okay. Don't let a witch live. Wizards are cool, though. Sorry, Hermione. No. Anyone who fucks an animal gotta die right away. <laughs> Not my sheeps. Not my sheeps. Come on. How is that not like, that he was like, by the way, forgot to tell you. <laughs> that should have been the first one. Yeah, that's, that's way more important. That's really gotta be up there. The Didn't shit, make the right? Ten Commandments, but really gotta be right after that. God should have seen this slavery thing. It's growing less and less popular, but animal fucking. Yeah. I gotta get the well, word out Well, this is like how that. he gets their attention back, because it's really been flagging. <laughs> Destroy anyone who sacrifices to other Elohims, just to Jehovah alone. That's 57. That's all we've got time for this week. Join us next week for the next installment, released on Thursday on Juicy.com and Friday everywhere else. And remember, you can talk back to me on Twitter, Facebook, OMGWTFBible.com, or OMGWTFBible at gmail.com. If you'd like the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. The next live recording of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible will be at Beauty Bar on March 23rd with a guest to be determined. Don't miss a show, because next time, in the Bible. Life's too short to hold any exactly. shit. Exactly.